Chapter twenty one of the Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, part three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee, Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, part three, by Francois Rene de Chateaubriand. Chapter twenty one. London from April till September, eighteen twenty two. Sumptuous entertainment. End of my hundred and twenty francs fresh distress taube dot bishops dinner at the london tavern camden papers those who read this part of my memoirs will not have perceived that i have twice interrupted them once to give a grand dinner to the duke of york the king's brother and again to give an entertainment on the anniversary of the french king's entry into paris on his restoration july the eighth this entertainment cost me forty thousand francs Peers and peeresses of the British Empire, ambassadors and foreigners of distinction, filled my splendid saloons. My table glittered with magnificent glass and Sèvres china. The most recherché viands, wines and flowers were in abundance. Portland Place was crowded with brilliant equipages. Collinet and the band of Almacs charmed the fashionably melancholy dandies and the dreamily elegant ladies, pensively dancing to its music. The opposition and the ministerial majority had agreed to a truce. Lady Canning chatted with Lord Londonderry, Lady Jersey with the Duke of Wellington. Monsieur, who in 1822 complimented me on my splendid entertainment, was quite unconscious in 1793 that not far from him existed a future minister who, while awaiting his coming grandeur, fasted for his sin of fidelity in his miserable garret overlooking a graveyard. I congratulate myself now on having experienced shipwreck tasted the hardships of war and shared the privations of the humblest class of society as i do on having in my days of prosperity met with injustice and calumny i have profited by these lessons life is but a child's plaything without the evils which render it of weight and importance i was the man of the hundred and twenty francs but equality of fortune not having yet been established and provisions not having fallen in price there was nothing to form a counterpoise to my purse which became lighter every day I could not reckon on any fresh assistance from my family, exposed as they were in Brittany, to the double scourge of Chouannerie and the Reign of Terror. I saw no alternative before me but the hospital or the Thames. Some of the domestics of émigrés who could no longer maintain servants had transformed themselves into restaurateurs to maintain their masters. Strange cheer was there at these tabdot and strange politics. All the victories of the Republic were transformed into defeats, and if any one ventured to doubt on the subject of an immediate restoration, he was instantly cried out upon as a Jacobin. Two old bishops, who looked as if they were not far from the brink of the grave, were walking one spring day in St. James's Park. Sir, said the one, do you think we shall be in France in the month of June? Why, sir, replied the other, after mature reflection, I see nothing to prevent it. The man of resources, Pelletier, came to dislodge me from my eyrie, he had read in a yarmouth newspaper that a society of antiquaries were going to undertake a history of suffolk and were in want of a frenchman capable of deciphering the french manuscripts of the twelfth century which were among the camden papers the minister or parson of beckles was at the head of the undertaking and it was to him that any application must be made here is just what we'll do for you said pelletier be off directly you can decipher these dusty old papers you will continue to send copy for the essay to bailis and i will make the fellow go on with the printing you will return to london with two hundred guineas in your pocket and your work done and then let the world go as it will i began to stammer out some objections eh diable interrupted he 
do you mean to stay in this paradise where i am already nearly killed with cold if rivarol champonettes mirabeau tonneau and myself had been so bashful we should have made fine work in the Acte des apotres do you know that the story of Angon and yourself makes an infernal noise you meant to let yourselves die of hunger did you ah ah pooh ah ah and pelletier bent double held his knees for laughing he had just got rid of a hundred copies of his newspaper to the colonies had got paid for them and his guineas jingled in his pocket he forcibly carried me off with the apoplectic la Buetade and two other tattered emigres who happened to be in the way to dine at the london tavern and there treated us with roast beef plum-pudding and port wine to our satisfaction monsieur le comte said he to my cousin how did you get your neck all on one side in that way la Buertade, half shocked half pleased explained it to the best of his power and told that he had been suddenly attacked while singing the words o bella venere my poor paralytic cousin had such a dead benumbed miserable air while stammering out his bella venere that pelletier fell back in a wild fit of laughing and nearly overturned the table by kicking it below with both his feet on reflection the advice of my countryman a true follower and imitator of my other countryman lesage did not appear to me to be neglected in three days after making various inquiries and getting myself respectably clothed by pelletier's tailor i set out for beckles with some money lent me by de boff on my promise of going on with the essay i changed my name unpronounceable by any englishman to that of combourg which had been borne by my brother and which recalled to my mind the pains and pleasures of my early youth i alighted at the inn and thence went to present myself to the minister of the place and deliver to him a letter from de boff who was much esteemed in the english book trade in which i was recommended as a savant of the first order i was extremely well received saw all the gentlemen of the county and met with two officers of the french navy who were giving lessons in french in the neighbourhood chapter twenty one